The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi. Welcome, everybody. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and welcome to the Visual Workplace this week. Welcome to the place where we make, we let, we allow the workplace to speak. We create a workplace that has a voice. It has our voice. And it basically tells us what to do. Tells us what to do, how to do it, when to do it, whether we did it right, whether we did it wrong. It is the greatest supervisor in the world, the best manager. Because this manager is silent. And this manager has nothing to say except what we needed to say. (laughs) In each of our shows, each week, we look at some aspect of that, of how to let the workplace speak, of how to embed the intelligence, which is our own, our own operational intelligence into the system that we call work, into the landscape of the work itself, the physical landscape. And we do that through visual devices, visual mini systems, and visual macro systems. We link up these systems through a macro visual system. That's when things get really exciting. We talk about how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be in a little while. But we are able then to see our thinking because through visual devices, we make that thinking concrete and specific. We can literally see how we think and how that thinking functions because we've captured it in physical devices, in visual devices, visual mini systems and macro systems. And why do we bother? We bother because of the considerable bottom line benefits. 15 to 30% increase in productivity, we see that all the time. 15% we see all the time. Not 6% or 3% or 8%. There are certain industries where, especially if you're high-volume industries, where it's really hard to squeeze out. If you, if you are machine-driven, if you're asset-driven, you have to look for the gains elsewhere in the supporting structures. But if you're doing any kind of assembly work of any kind, any kind of building work, even if it's low stock, um, high complexity, low volume, high complexity, visuality will give you that 15%. And we've often seen 30%. We often see the 30% in administrative office and other kinds of non-production settings, such as engineering offices. 
because there is so much hidden waste there. And the hidden waste isn't the kind of waste we're happy to live with. It's simply the kind of waste we can't exactly see without a powerful lever. The lever that we use in visuality is called motion moving without working. And we find ways to convert that into a yardstick that we can measure. And also, my work is eye-driven. So we don't have just a team of people doing this, but we have everyone, everyone who wants to. There's no kind of forcing of participation. The engagement comes because the activity is engaging. And as I was saying to somebody earlier this week, empowerment is as empowerment does. If we do not give people powerful opportunities to change and improve, then why would they bother to get engaged? And if you go a step before that, If we do not teach people how to measure in a way that's powerful, then how can they focus? They're just doing somebody else's bidding instead of generating a concept of improvement, a paradigm of improvement that they own and that they attack. Okay, So we do it for the bottom line benefits. And I was just touching upon it, the splendid cultural alignment. The output is a spirited and engaged workforce, but not just on the operator level, on the value-add level, on all levels. Have you ever seen a spirited and engaged CEO or executive? I have. Using visuality, I have. Using visuality to conceptualize and also to drive. Using visuality to lead, I have. And you know what happens when we have such a powerful partner as visuality to help us along our way? We can enjoy ourselves at work because the struggle is gone. Because we're not always getting feedback on our failures because the failures begin to evaporate. The failures made up of these information deficits that have gone so unnoticed for so many years. These chronic information deficits that weigh us down. You know, we as humans are meant to be free, but free means to flow through our lives with the least amount of, uh, of obstructions, of man-made obstructions anyway. So that's what visuality is about. The enterprise is increasingly conscious, fluid, self-aware. It's self-aware because we are aware. We become aware. And we use visuality to express the level of our intelligence and capture it and embed it into the physical landscape of work. We embed the production system. Lean will help us find that production system. But if it's not anchored in visual devices, then it's going to evaporate. It's only a matter of time. So welcome. Welcome. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to be here with you. And I'll have a few happy announcements as well. You know about our newsletter. Hopefully you're on our uh, mailing list. If not, send in your email. And uh, this week, my newsletter article was on doorway number one, visual inventiveness, because we're marching through the doorways. Our esteemed editor-in-chief, Cindy uh, Linden, has organized the uh, my uh, my dance sheet for the next couple of months, and I'm going to be writing articles on the uh, doorways, and I think that'll be very good. It'll give you a very good sense of 
of why the doorways are the doorways to a, a workplace that speaks on all levels, on or, all organizational levels. So I'll open those doorways one or two at a time. So check it out. And we have a featured product this week. I'm sorry, this month, the month of November, my visual thinking book. It's on sale. It's also available on Kindle. You can get our newsletter from our email. It's also on our website, visualworkplace.com. If you don't get a copy, send us your contact information either from our webs- at our website, visualworkplace.com, or at radio, visualworkplace.com, and we will uh, get that to you, and you'll get the newsletter. But the really, 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 really exciting thing that's happening now is that our website is going to get ready, is about ready to launch within the next week. And there'll be a membership portion. Just give us a few weeks after that. And in that membership portion, there's going to be wonderful, wonderful goodies. And uh, you'll see. You'll see. This is a dream come true for me. I've been in business now for 32, 33 years, and it's happening this very year. And I have wonderful, wonderful people working and helping me, and uh, we're creating this thing. And we hope it will serve you very well. That is our purpose. Our purpose is to get workplaces to move into visuality, to take the struggle out of work, and to create work that makes sense. Okay. Let's see. I'm doing my workshop, as you know, in the UK. I think things are chugging along, and um, they're, they're pretty filled. There may be some places left. Visual Machine on Tuesday, December 9th, outside of Edinburgh, the Grant's Whiskey Plant. I don't drink, but I I know it's an exciting place to go. So many people have told me. (laughs) They look lovingly at my plane ticket and say, oh, I wish I could go. (laughs) But it's going to be a dynamite, hands-on workshop. This is not a seminar. This is teaching and doing in the same day. And uh, it's what I call a workshop. And then um, I will, in the week before, be in Cambridge at the Siemens plant and doing visual leadership for two days. That includes a site assessment against the leadership criteria. So we will be assessing the site for leadership components. And they are either there or not there. They're visual devices. They're either leading through visuality or they're about to learn to. So I hope you join us. You can find out about that also on our website. Uh, And I want to thank you also for your letters. I have a little bit of a sad announcement. I had hoped to move into the X-Type Matrix uh, next week, but I have been so slow in completing the house, which I'm going to complete today, that I can only get one in, one radio show in on the X-Type Matrix before we then have Thanksgiving, and then I'm gone for two weeks, and then Christmas is upon us. I will begin the X-Type, and it's boo-hoo, boo-hoo, really, I'm, I'm sad about this, in January the first week in January, and we'll march through that. I think you'll find that very, very instructive. Um, Next week, I will do a live show, and as much as possible, live shows throughout the next six weeks, but there's too much of a chance that I'm going to have to do uh, encores and uh, because I'm traveling. So my apologies, really, from the heart. Let's begin. Today, we are looking at the final two levels of the house. Tactics and below that, tools. These are the hands and the feet of this template that we've been developing over the last 10 episodes. This is, this is our 10th episode on the house. Ah, 
The Operation Systems Improvement Template is the long name for what I call the house, what you might call the Toyota Temple. The hands and the feet of the model are a way to begin to operationalize or put into very local operational terms the conceptualization that you've done at the, uh, at the, top or at the higher levels. So today, we will define tactics and tools and see how they fit within this house. And then today, I will also step back into the big picture for this temple of our longing, our longing to be good stewards of a well-run, successful, and growing enterprise, because that's what leaders have in their hearts. They long to be good stewards. They know they don't own the company, even though while they're there, they act with the deepest sense of ownership, but they know that they're stewards, that they're going to pass it on, pass it forward. In the heart of a leader, in the heart of the executive, the executive wants the best for the company. Stability and growth. Stability, I will also put in there success. Monetary success. Success in terms of impact on the world. And growth. However harried that executive may be, however he or she may seem to control and demand or be capricious or be maybe even you think of him or her as cynical. All she really wants is stability, success, and growth. This is the reward of leadership. I'm going to say it this way, a safe flock and lots of babies. (laughs) A safe flock. The flock is safe, and I know where they all are. And they are happy and creating benefit, creating their creations. That's what I meant by babies. Lots of growth, happiness. Is that too much to ask? It is not. That's what happiness is for an executive. That's what success means. But you have to plan for it. You have to define your vision and organize around it. So we'll pick this up right after the break. I'm going right into the house and we'll wrap it today. And but today has some substantive components that I that are very very important for you to grasp in order for you to understand the impact of this house and how to use it. And I'll see you in just a moment. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. 
Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Galsworth, and this is the second segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace. I'm really glad you could join us. We are now in the final components of the Operations Systems Improvement Template, the house, as I shorthanded. And we are going to be looking at those two layers that are, as it were, at the bottom. This is a house, but we begin counting the floors from the top up, from the top down, instead of beginning from the bottom up you know, basement, first floor, second floor. It's the opposite. So I'm going to walk you through this so you can get this image in your mind. And by the way, our newsletter had this image last week and has an image today uh, of the tactics. Um, I probably should have given Cindy tactics and tools, but I gave her just the tactics. But they're there. Hopefully you have the newsletter. And from last week, it will help you understand what I'm going to be saying now. So let's walk through that house from the top, floor one, to the bottom where we're going today. Floor one, the customers, like a cloud over the house, a lovely, happy, sunshine-filled cloud. Lots of light pouring through its streams, right? The roof of the house, then, the second level, is vision. You need to know your market, that's level one, and you need to have a vision for what you're going to do with that market and a mission, values and beliefs, strategy, macrometric. I'm not doing this properly. Let me count it. One, customer. Two, vision. Three, mission. Four, values and beliefs. Five, strategy. Six, macrometric. Seven, strategic principles. That's as far as we got. And by way of a kind of summary, let me just say that if you're looking at these, in a sense, the customer is the holy grail. The vision, level two, is your inspiration. Your mission is your focus or your destination. Values and beliefs are the ground rules, how you're going to play the game and who you're going to be when the game is over, who you want to be when the game is over. Strategy is your determined direction. And what we focus on is your operational strategy. Okay, it's your operational strategy. And there's only one. We spent two shows on this. 
It's called, the shorthand for it is 95.5, the attack on waste, 95% waste, 5% not waste or value added. That's going to be our strategy. It's also called the time-based strategy. It's looking at your overall lead time and asking and answering the question, how much of that overall amount of time that it takes us to get a product out the door is actually value-adding? That's where the 95.5 came from. Spent two shows on that when I was talking about strategy. Your metric is measuring that time. Your metric is measuring how much time is conversion time and how much is everything else. I talked about the Australians, if you remember how they discovered this. The Japanese never told us. Because it really was the very blueprint of the Death Star. It was exactly how Japan was succeeding to the level of being a miraculous transformation back then in the 80s and the 90s. Below the macro metric, your yardstick, which is your yardstick for determining progress, is your strategic principles. Okay, kind of the personality of the house, the flavor, the principles you have chosen and the words you have chosen for those principles to remind you, to remind you of the strategy and that it's operationalized. So now we're in the bottom two levels is the nine-level house. We're in number eight and nine. Number eight is tactical targets and number nine is tools and methods. These tactical targets and tools and methods will take us over exactly into the X-type matrix. There is a perfect link. But here's the difference. The leader, you, Mr. or Ms. Executive, you know your house. You know why you're making the decisions that are waiting for you. You know how you're going to make it. Because you have gone through this thing that I call your homework. You have spent the time in the quiet of the night to suss it out, to figure it out. And because this is a format in the shape of a house, you automatically have a relationship between the components, between the elements. You can see the relationship. This is what makes a model different from a list. You could have a list of these things, but you can't get the relationship from a list. And that's the beauty part. That's why these models are so powerful, because they bring to us clarity because of the way they're constructed. Okay? So let's look at tactical targets. Tactical targets is a subset of strategy. And you ask yourself this. Where will I apply this strategy of the continuous and relentless pursuit of waste? The continuous and relentless pursuit of the elimination of waste. Where will I apply this macro strategy? Where will I target What will I target for the elimination of waste? Where will I apply the resources, which by definition are always limited? 
Mm-hmm. To what will I say yes and to what will I say yet wait? To what will I say yes and to what will I say wait? What are my tactical targets? Tactical targets as I conceptualize them, you may do it another way or some other thought leader may do it another way, but this is the way I do it. I divide it into six. And they're known tactical targets. Product, process, quality, machine, service, and people. I'll go through those again quite slowly. Product, we're looking at the product itself. We can also look at product development as long as we recognize that in this tactical focus, we're looking at reducing the waste in product development. Same thing with process. You could say that it's process improvement, but what we're after is reducing the waste in process. Quality, the same thing. Reduce the level of defects, but what we, we are reducing in terms of our macro strategy is time. That's what's so amazing about this time-based strategy that the Australians developed. Time is the big eater, and that's why we're applying the metric. Let me just round that out a little bit. We apply the metric to support the time-based strategy, shorthand 95.5, longhand the relentless pursuit of the identification and elimination of waste, all waste up until that 50-50 balance we discussed last week. We get to a 50% waste, 50% value add, and then we, as leaders, as leaders, take a moment to validate that and recalibrate as needed. Because when we reach the 50-50 point, as we discussed last week, we are world-class and we can make decisions. We can deploy the resources that have been released by our attack on waste. We have to decide, are we going to reserve those or are we going to use them? If we use them, it brings the organization on the executive level into a new spurt of growth. If we decide not to release them, to use the resources that have accumulated, then we go back to further stabilization of the organization through another application of waste reduction. It is not that the waste reduction stops on the operational level. It's that the executive has been positioned to be able to either utilize the resource externally or redeploy it internally. That's what this discussion is about. Don't ever hear for a moment that I'm saying stop your waste reduction. No, it's continuous. That's where continuous improvement comes from. But don't be deceived. That continuous improvement is an entrepreneurial or executive strategy. It's a sub-strategy of growth. This is our whole discussion last week. So we apply that metric to the tactical focuses, to product, process, quality, machine, any kind of agency, whatever your agency is. Most companies have machine as the agency. It's just such an odd term, I don't dare put it into the template. It'll make it seem much too high-flown. Machine, service, and people, people development. We apply the metric 
to the tactical focuses. Where do I need to drive the waste out? Said another way, where do I need to drive the time out? Because all waste consumes time. You got defects? It's a big time eater. Lost material? A big time eater. Machine out of calibration or just plain down? You're going to eat up a ton of time getting that machine up and running again. Confused, unhappy employees, another time eater to correct, to get aligned. Grumpy, badly trained folks in customer service. You're not only going to have to work, not only going to have to work really hard to help those employees get up to snuff, but you've got a lot of disgruntled um, customers as well. So that's a big time eater. So all of this is time-based. Don't ever leave, lose sight of it. That's the purpose of the house for you to remember that for whatever language may come up to describe this time-based strategy, it is always and only a time-based strategy. Sometimes we make so many iterations, these popular ideas with the popular language, you get away from the uh, from the from the core and the core is we are attacking time we are squeezing the waste out of time that makes it extremely measurable extremely measurable and that's why you want to keep a hold of it you always do your value add analysis the little pin pin the little pin, sorry, I beg your pardon, the little pen clip I talked about a few shows ago. You do that analysis. It will tell you. Everything else is just a kind of self-deception. It's a kind of popularization, a spin. Use time as your metric. And it's corollary speed. That's the point. And you have developed the house, Mr. and Ms. Executive, so that you keep that bearing you keep that compass. This is your compass. Even when you get to the X type, you revisit your house. And it's one of the reasons why I say you've got to do this homework yourself. So you own it. And when you pass it on, you pass it on to someone who sits down for two and a half months and works through their house. And then you have a worthy successor. This is such beautiful personal work. You know, it's a form, you could call it love because you become invested in it and you begin to see yourself reflected back and you go in again, you get to know it better. This is beautiful work. And we have a break that I'm late in getting into. So I'll see you back here in a moment. This is break two. See you in a moment. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. 
Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Welcome to the unique job search community of Lynn Radice Live. You do have the power to land the perfect job. If you are unemployed or underemployed or looking for your next career move, tune in to Lynn Radice Live. Get a job, no excuses. This is a first-of-its-kind job empowerment show. Lynn will identify the most critical needs in today's job market and show you how you can get a top position today. Get ready. Let's get hired. Lynn Radice Live airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. Welcome back to the Visual Workplace. We're in our third segment, and we are focusing on the tactical and the methods or the tools aspect of the operation system improvement template, the house. Okay? We're at the stage of my requesting of you to choose your tactical focus. Knowing that with that choice, you will remove the quantum of time. That will be the next step. You are looking at that tactical focus because the balance between value-add and and non-value-add is strategically a problem for the growth of your company. You have to remove time in order to keep your market, keep your competitive Uh, position with your competitors, you remove the quantum time because time is the great gatherer. Everything is in it. That's what's so brilliant about the strategy. I didn't invent it. The Aussies discovered it. I don't even think the Japanese invented it. I think that it is a a universal model because we are, because we're in time. That's what the universe is about. It's about the play of time. Okay, let me not get too far afield here. (laughs) I can get very far afield, but you don't want to go there with me. (laughs) So choose your tactical focus. Remove the quantum name time, and you will need data for this. Your KPIs should be able to help you. It's not a promise because they also get so obscure. They get so far from their core time metric. You will need data, you will need contemplation, consideration, validation, a bunch of shuns, but as a leader you must know where the strength in your enterprise lies so you can attack the weaknesses, where the weaknesses are, and there are likely to be many. I am not saying you are not already doing this. I am saying that when you go after a tactical weakness within this framework, you will know why. And you will know how. And you will know the relationship between the improvements you want and the stability you need in order to grow. That's what the house is for on this level. 
these last two levels. It is a format. It shows relationship. It also shows the future. It is a destination format. It is not a simply a list. When we operationalize this into the X-type, you will have a battle plan and you will have a battle win. You will move from success to success. The growth of your company will not defeat you. You will be strengthened by this war, this war on waste. But you have to know about it. It can't be delegated. People will look to you for strength and direction. That strength and direction is embedded in the time that you spend formulating this house. So choose your tactical target, and then you get to a tricky part. I have to warn you, you now have to see if you have a tool. If you have the tool, a tool that will dig out time, you have to look in your corporate toolbox and see, do I currently have a tool that people have, are using or have learned or hopefully have mastered that I can use, that I can apply to this tactical focus? With, that's what methods are for. Methods are for digging out time. They are also for creating cultural alignment. And remember, one of our tactical focuses is people. Product, process, quality, machine, service, and people. And here's the beauty part. When you use these methodologies, these time-based waste reduction methodologies, if you use them properly they will also create a stronger work culture. They always have this double-edged blessing. It's hardly a sword. It's just a blessing. So you're digging out time. People are learning. They're becoming scientists of their work through these tools. I'm going to name a bunch of them. And you have to say, what's in my toolbox? You know that thing? What's in your wallet? What's in your toolbox? Under product, these are methodologies I'm now going to name. Concurrent engineering, QFD, quality function deployment, which is actually a product-based, not a quality-based tool. DFM, design for manufacturability, design for assembly. Smart Simple Design is a methodology, the book that is coming out in January. Fantastic. Value, add analy- value analysis, value engineering, these are all product tools, improvement tools to drive out time. So that's a set, four, five. Let's look at process. Value stream map- mapping. How do you, in- what are the methods to improve your process? Focusing on just process. And I want you to please kind of discipline yourself to focus narrowly so you can see the differences, the differentiation between these methodologies Instead of painting them with the same stroke and say they're all improvement methods, they're all for continuous improvement, you are deploying the resources of your organization to a tactical focus that you've chosen because you need better performance, less time spent in that tactical area in order to grow. So let's look at quality. Top of the list, top of quality has got to be mistake-proven pokey oak systems. This is my baby. I love it. It's actually my baby and Martin Hinckley's. We've had this baby together. It's fantastic. This is the only way to deal with quality. But you also have in-process inspection, Pareto diagram, all of the uh, 
all of the tools of cause and effect diagram. These are all methodologies, sub-methodologies, SPC. And reluctant as I am, I will put Six Sigma there, but honestly, it is not a quality tool. It is not a quality methodology. You get the best, the best Six Sigma project. Uh, 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 the research has shown that only you only get a 5% improvement on quality. You can use Six Sigma for other things, and it is being used mostly for other things. But it's not really a quality improvement tool. We're going to move to machine, the fourth tactical focus, tactical target. And, of course, you have the great, the un, uh, uh, incomparable TPM, total productive maintenance, and that array of tools, single-minute exchange of dye, autonomous maintenance, overall equipment effectiveness. You also have the visual machine, my little baby and effective visual machine lubrication. These are all about taking the time out of the machine function so that you are simply in flow from strength to strength, converting the material and perfect material at that. So that's the machine tactical focus. I hope you're getting the flavor of this. Service, ABC accounting, visual lean office, again, value stream mapping, very, very powerful. I should have mentioned also, I beg your pardon, I jumped right over process. I didn't complete my process. I'm not sure where I got deflected. Let me go back to process, tactical focus too. Again, this is in your newsletter so you can see it in front of you. Value stream mapping, cellular design, lean manufacturing, theory of constraint, some subsets, process mapping, Kanban, and on Jadoka. All of this is process. Jumping back to service, then we were talking about ABC accounting, visual lean office, value stream mapping again. You can use theory of constraints very powerfully in offices. Also smart, simple design, Kanban process mapping. And people, our sixth and final tactical focus, we are looking at the relationship of information to people knowledge to people, application or learning to people. And some of the well-known training methodologies are team building, coaching, visual workplace, conflict resolution, thinking of any kind. We are developing people. And in some organizations, this is the area of greatest strength, and there are many executives who recognize this. We have to focus on developing our people. But as I said before, what's so beautiful about this improvement paradigm, not mine, but the improvement, the, the worldwide improvement paradigm, mine is included in that, but not distinctive in this way, is that you can focus on machine improvement and develop people at the same time because they are the thinking component of that improvement. Same thing with product, process, quality, and service. So you get a double benefit there. So I want you to think about this. It is that you have to look at what's in your toolbox, and you have to say, how will I improve those tactical targets? What tools or methods do I have currently to take the waste out? To reduce the time to gain speed. 
And if you don't have them, you just you have to recognize it. One of the first things that we do when we work with a company on this level is we ask them to identify what's in their toolbox. And it's very important that you not just identify them, but you also put them in a template in relationship to what do they attack? What are they good for? What are they aimed at? Okay? And that's the final layer of the house. And so you may, for example, say, okay, we're going to focus on machine, and the main thing that we have to do is focus on our changeover. We can look at OEE and the quality of the machine later, but right now we've got to reduce the time that it takes for our changeovers. Not by buying new technology, but by using the current technology and taking the time out of the changeover, there's a known methodology, and I will tell you, SMED is powerful, effective, and it is, as my sensei called it, Shigeo Shingo, a revolution in manufacturing. It is the great time buster for any plant that depends on machinery. So we're going to into our final break. When you come back, I'm going to wrap the house in a particular way. We'll give it a big kiss and say thank you. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn. We're in the fourth and final segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace. 
and we are in the final segment of our discussion of the house, although it will come up a little bit as we move through the other, the remaining four tools of executive leadership, visual leadership on the executive level, uh, we won't be taking the deep dive that we have been. To kind of round things out, I want to talk to you about the experience that I had in marshalling supporting uh, an executive through this process because I want you to know about what happens next. And I'm going to read to you, and I'll speak to Ms. Linden, our executive, uh, our editor-in-chief, of whether or not we can run this uh, maybe next week since it's going to be a while before. Uh, maybe I'll do a little article on the house and on this particular house so you can see it. But it, it, it looks more like a temple, and uh, we put it together, Ron mapped it out, a gentleman named Ron Page, who was uh, just one of the best turnaround guys on the planet in the aluminum industry. I worked with him for a couple of years. This is uh, at a company in Minneapolis. And he uh, was extremely accomplished in his field. And uh, when he asked me to introduce to him, show him how to use the house, he uh, was really happy because it gave him, he said, a place to put all of his thinking and to organize and get clarity and be a better leader. He knew exactly how to use it. And so he, began, he, he spent hours mapping out what he wanted to have happen. And he became particularly enraptured of the part that we're talking about today, the tactics and tools. Because he had a lot of methodologies, but he didn't know how to organize them so that they could be supporting the business case, their selection seemed more haphazard than executive. And, uh, and, and he also had his model shop, which worked in wood, uh, construct one of these that was actually three-dimensional. It has four sides. It stands up. It shouts high. You can take it to lunch if you want to. It's a real model of, a, of this house. It's really cool. And then we we rendered that into a kind of a PowerPoint construct so he could present on it. So it begins with vision, mission, which is proprietary, so we, we don't discuss it. Values were, I'm moving down, I'm now on level four. Level four is uh, values and beliefs, integrity, fairness, and sense of urgency. The strategy was the operational strategy of time-based waste reduction. The core metric, he used time but he had to, for his own self-satisfaction, so that he could be at ease, name what exactly he was going to, what subsets he was going to be looking at. He was looking at productivity, quality, safety, indirect spending, delivery, and rework. Those were the subsets of the macro metric that he wanted to focus on. Productivity, quality, safety, indirect spending, delivery, and rework. And then he looked at the tactical direction. He used the six that I, um, that I suggested with one change. He used product, process, quality, equipment, information instead of service, information, and then people. Product, process, quality, equipment, set machine, no problem there. Information instead of service, which I thought was grand, and then people. The tools that he had were differentiated because he would put a he put an asterisk on the ones that he did not have on site. 
that he currently needed to uh, bring in the capability of. And he had concurrent engineering, capability design, value analysis, and rapid prototyping under customer-driven product design. He needed QFD and DFM and DFMA. Under process, pull systems on time delivery, he had cell design, standard work, process control. He needed Kanban. He needed value stream mapping. So those had asterisks. Under quality, he kind of put his principle, his uh, strategic principle in place. And this one was first time quality all the time. That was a stretch for this company, but that's what he wanted. And what he had in sight was data gathering, Six Sigma, Kaizen, problem solving, Pokeyoke systems, and in-process inspection. What he needed, he felt, was SPC and QCPC, which was a form of quality in his industry. And under overall, uh, under machinery equipment, his rubric was overall equipment effectiveness, he had certified maintenance and autonomous maintenance, but he needed more strength in SMED and in overall TPM. Under information, he put appraisal, evaluation, inspection, benchmarking, layered audits, and strategic valuation. All of those existed inside. And under people, I'm sorry, on-site, his rubric was a spirited, safe, and engaged workforce and the four chunks he had was learning, communication, and accountability, safety certification, training, and teaming within and across functions, and workplace visuality, production machine, and office. So this is still a full plate, and there's still one step to go. And this was hard for, for Ron, but he did it. I said to him, okay, what can you do in the next 12 months? This is a dream map. Let's make it real. What must you do in the next 12 months? Oh, no, don't make me do it. I don't want to mess it up. I don't wanna, I want to. I want all of this. I want it now. But, of course, it's the job of the leader to say this is the leader's burden. Say yes to the few and wait to the many. And he showed me. I have it right in front of me right now the house that he had fully populated to his complete satisfaction. Oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then he mapped it against time. What can you do? What needs to be done in the next 12 months? Make the decision, Mr. Leader. This is why we pay you the big bucks. And he has three pillars out of six. Process, people, and quality. And that was it. That's all that he could focus on. And even then, it looks as it were, rather ambitious. This is the purpose of the house. I've waited all of this time to tell you the purpose of the house is for you to put everything that your heart wants there and, and let them be connected because of the relationship that is embedded in the house and the format itself and then make the executive decision about what can you do. The difference between I want it and I can do it deploying the resources of the company. The house is very, very important, this construction that you do yourself. You then pass it off to your direct reports and let them do their own house, not mimicking yours, but let them go through the struggle of this thinking. Teach them 
and you will have an army of warriors. They will know the direction. Boy, watch Gladiator again. Let me give you that as a homework assignment. Move as one. They will move as one. That's one of the best leadership movies on the planet. When I work with an executive, that's their first assignment. Watch Gladiator and figure out who you are. Which character is you and who do you want to be? So this final step of saying, not this, not this, not this, not this, this, is the whole purpose of the house. Well, it's not the whole purpose, but it is the, one of the major purposes of the house. I hope this has been helpful for you. It's been a joy for me to share this knowledge with you. This is knowledge that I've learned. I've learned by doing it with many of you out there. And you and I are very, very, very associated. Uh, I will see you next week. It w- I will be live next week. I'll pick a special topic. I've had a wonderful time with you. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I am rapidly, rapidly signing off. <laughs> we appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.